0: From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. Tonight's hosts are Spicy Mari, Sean Overman. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's episode, you can do so by dialing 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. It's AfterBuzz TV
1: Spartacus Edition. Woo! you yeah. know? We're Welcome back to the arena, everybody.
2: Yes, we are prepared to fight like gladiators in here.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, yes, truly, truly we are buzzing about this episode. Am I right? This
2: is everything that I wanted and more. You guys are gathered here today with us for Spartacus. This is season two, even though we consider it season three. You know, last season was the uh, prequel. So season two, episode three, The Greater Good. And you are listening to Sean... Underman over here. Underman. Overman. <laughs> that's a little joke I like to make. You're listening to Sean Overman and Spicy Mighty in the building, guys. Spicy Mighty. And you guys, you guys got to start uh, following Sean's blog because he gives over and under um, uh, tips, right? Like you give like little Unbe- nuances.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on movies. That's my rating. You know, it's kind of like thumbs up, thumbs down. Over the top, under the rug. You know, like those things that you don't, you shouldn't be watching, they're under the rug. And then over the top stuff, that's what you should
2: But watch. I love that because you bring all of that to Spartacus in the arena arena and so you guys have to have to have to watch this episode if you haven't seen it yet it is by far the best episode thus far
1: yes the best episode of the season and I'm really happy that we stuck with it and we're yes, gonna keep sticking we were, with it
2: I was kind of concerned I don't know about you you were still like rooting for it I was like I don't know if this season's gonna bring the fire like before but this episode convinced me it's back Spartacus is back with vengeance
1: yes and there we go <laughs> so glad so glad with a vengeance you right. are exactly right <laughs> just like the season's called okay so
2: Let's get just dig right into it. First, we see Omnimaeus and his relationship with Asher. They brought Asher back into the scene, and he is a jerk just like always.
1: Yes, he is. And you know, I've said this before, I love to hate him. And you... Completely hate him.
2: I hate his guts. I want him to die.
1: <laughs> Even with those pearly whites, right?
2: I That he flashes every single time he does something evil, he is smiling. He's what got, is that about?
1: He's got that serpent smile. That's what he's got.
2: Right. And they refer to him as a serpent in this episode. Exactly. Animaeus does. Right.
1: So, uh, yeah, he's got. Doctore, you know, formerly Doctore, now Animaeus, uh, chained up there and he's, the tables have turned. He, he was whipping him now.
2: Right. And I, that, that was hard, one of the hardest scenes for me to see was the abuse that Asher was giving Animaeus. Like, he's tied up. He can't do anything to fight back. And we see Asher just, he's whipping him. He's punching him. He's, I mean, and then in return, the only thing that Animaeus can do is spit in Asher's face.
1: Yes, he spits blood. And of course, uh, Asher retorts with the C word, which he loves to use
2: in this episode. Quite, quite terrible. I just, I could not believe that Animaeus was taking the abuse and the punishment that he was and not giving up any information. I thought that was very, very admirable of him. And of course, out of all the gladiators, he's the strongest because he is the doctore.
1: Yes, that's right. And, oh, speaking of punishment, uh, Asher, he punished himself by cutting the body artist mark off of his forearm.
2: Oh, that was crazy. Disgusting. But he had to show his loyalty. Glad we're making him show his loyalty, and he did it.
1: He did, and it made me cringe. And he, man, Asher just does everything to please everybody to try to get himself elevated, to get himself more power.
2: Your will, his hands.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Very good. And that's the second time that they have said that. Right, we keep
2: hearing that. That's very repetitive.
1: In the last two episodes. And of course, that way, you know, uh, Doctori also said it when he was Doctore with uh, Badiatis. Um So anyway, that's some crazy stuff. And then that was we, going on right there. I cannot have-
2: believe that. But you know what? That mark was very symbolic. Uh, we keep seeing it that was. mark. The B is sh- is which for Badiatis, Um, he he brands all of his slaves. So that B, I mean that that's a like automatic, just indicative of who you belong to and whether you know you're free or not. And that always gives it away because every time they try to cover up that they're not slaves, they the, the bee reveals themselves.
1: That's right. And then everybody knows that these are the rebels who killed the House of Badiata slayed all those other Roman noble people, and are out running amok in the country. There's
2: a bounty on every single one of their heads. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I would have sliced my bee off too, though, I'm sorry. Oh, if I was the slaves, the yeah. slaves actually should take that bee off. They so, should follow in Asher's footsteps.
1: Yeah, that's right. So it's a good thing that Asher did do it, you know, unless, of course, the other slaves know him like, you know, like the main characters do by face, then they know that he was a slave like them. So... Anyway, uh, we got crazy stuff going on with him revealing to Doctore Animaeus that uh, these, and one of my favorite quotes is in there. We'll, we'll talk about that later on. But he reveals that
2: he knew of Ganicus and Onimaeus' wife's right. relationship. Now, this was an incredible scene, though, because what he was doing was kind of, at at, at the suggestion of Lucretia, was to kind of taunt him with information because he, because was not giving anything up. But but asher goes in there and he starts using his sore spot and from what it seems like in Spartacus the women in this TV show are always kind of like the achilles for every man they're yes. always used against the men and asher knew exactly okay i'm going to have to use you know his his wife as his weak point
1: Exactly right, and uh, and he he referred to him, you know, as a serpent. And I, I want—I'm sorry—I have Use to the jump quote. You got Go to do it. Go ahead. We're While jumping we're ahead. Go to, ahead. Go okay. ahead. Say the quote because so, it was
2: a really good quote.
1: All right. So, uh, what does a serpent know of love? that its bite is often fatal uh,
2: oh he hit us with that like Asher just doesn't care Asher just willingly admits you know what I am the devil and I'm just gonna accept that title like he knows it he, he automatically knows it but he owns it and he lives up to it he doesn't care about anybody and that's why Lucretia needs to watch her back too because she keeps letting him in but can we talk about what was revealed with him and Lucretia
1: okay all right, what, what was revealed? Well, just with the fact that, like, that he
2: is the reason oh, yeah. that she has this loyalty towards him and that he has towards her because it, it showed us that Asher is actually the reason that she still lives.
1: That's right. And uh, that was pretty crazy because I remember, I think, it, when we did our afterbus show for episode one, I said to myself, like, how did she yeah, sew
2: that up? Exactly. How,
1: you know, we posed that question and it now is revealed that, Asher was there you know obviously he hid under that pile of bodies which is very smart and cowardly and and, exactly (laughs) intelligent but cowardly yeah and then once everybody got out then he found her clinging to life and he helped her up he and he said it wasn't Jupiter that saved you it was me
2: right exactly and and Lucretia wasn't as prevalent in this episode as Asher was Asher was in every single seen almost like kind of doing his asher thing i want to call it um being just evil and uh you know kind of turning As, against people a like slippery
1: he, serpent slippery that he slippery. Is.
2: yeah I and just, he, he was, was like, in, in every
1: on? he contacted almost every one of the main
2: characters yeah he this did time. yeah he did and
1: that's a far cry from him being absent completely in episode 1
2: right he, is is he do you think he's getting power now
1: I think he still respects him. Yeah, that's. Nobody respects him. You're right. I think that he's trying to gain power still, and he's trying to please those above him so he can get more power, but everybody keeps crapping on him. <laughs> that's what it feels <laughs> nobody like. Nobody
2: respects him. Nobody respects <laughs> him. Not Lucretia, not Glaber. doesn't matter. But Omnimaeus is tied up, and he still has no respect for him when he has the whip in his hand, and he's still not giving him any information. Yeah, after he
1: lashed him all night with
2: the whip. Yeah, but what was sad was that because he used that information against Omnimaeus, Without him intentionally trying to do it, he gave away vital information that led Asher to where Crixus and Spartacus were heading. Right, exactly.
1: So, uh, valuable information. It didn't seem like a Globber at the time, but then again, everybody craps on Asher's information, even though it's very good stuff. Right. Because he extracts it from people. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, do you want to move on to the next relationship? Yes, can we
2: move on to the next one? Okay,
1: the one. Uh, do, you, do you have one that you want to talk? Well, about? I wanted
2: to talk because this was kind of spicy. Uh-huh. Um, what we keep seeing is a recurring pattern with Mira and Spartacus. She keeps needing validation every single episode that he cares for her and loves her, which is not uncommon for women. We always want you know validation from our man, like, oh, do you think I'm pretty today? Of do course. you love me? Yeah. But every single episode, she has to remind him, I am not your wife, and I will be stronger than majority. And she even compares herself to to, um, Navia in this. She's like, I will be stronger than Navia and not be captured. I will make sure that I fight for you. Like, she is constantly trying to prove her love to him.
1: Yeah, she will not go to a slow death. She will not be led to death. Right. Yes.
2: And I'm just kind of like, okay, there's a point from being hungry for love and being thirsty. I think that she's borderline, but I like that this episode we got to see her prove to him her worth. I feel like she. They, I feel like Spartacus d- hasn't found her value yet. That right. She's just another woman.
1: Yeah, and she demonstrated that really well in. Uh, well, she gave him a talking to, and then they, you know, they made and up. They made had some the make sex. The,
2: the passionate love. Uh-huh, and th-
1: that was very nice. And uh, then later on, when they go to the uh, the mines, that's when she really shows what I can do something. So she goes off. She like volunteers practically. Right. At Spartacus' dismay, and he didn't want her and to could go. Could we talk about
2: them going to the mines? Was that not genius? That they. Had decided that they were going to dress back up as slaves, go into that carriage as if they were a delivery of slaves, and then Nivea offers—I mean, I'm not sorry—not Nivea, but Mira offers her body to the guard. Like that was just genius, and I knew that she was going to do that to test yes. Spartacus's love for her. Perfect
1: plan. Testing the love, and at the same time, she ex- two birds at once. Extracting <laughs> the information they needed from that—the head of the mines, the head guard, whatever he is. Yep. Okay.
2: And I was nervous too that she was not going to be able to accomplish that mission because I knew as some point when she was holding the knife to his that he was going to kind of you know either jolt her or he, he was like 10 times her size yeah
1: of course and he how is she gonna know on the map where it is unless she looks and when she does that boom there's his chance to go ahead and I take was control.
2: nervous that she was gonna have to give herself to him I was nervous that she was gonna have to sleep with the guard but instead she winds up opening up a can of whoop-ass
1: yes and thankfully it didn't come to having to sleep with the guard because that guy was grotesque
2: right but what did this thing show us it showed us that she's strong it showed us that she's loyal that she really will keep her word and fight till the bittersweet end in order to find Nivea for Crixis, which also shows her love for Spartacus
1: Yes, very good. And uh, actually, I was watching some of the older episodes uh, from season one, mm-hmm. and there's an allusion to something. Well, I would like to allude to something that you know keeps happening, like with this, what you're talking right. about. So uh, I think it was in the episode right after spartacus's wife dies sora after she dies he actually dreams about her and he's remembering a time when he's laying there with her shortly Mm -hmm. after their whole village is burnt down and it's been destroyed by whatever like whatever army sacked their village so she says to him that you will never love another woman and you know how she was all into the gods and fortune and fate And she She said that. She did say
2: that. That was a great memory to pull from.
1: Yeah. So, therefore, will Mira ever be his true love? Is he making it a self-fulfilling prophecy? What do you think?
2: I think that she cursed him and -hmm. the gods are answering her prayers. Because, unfortunately, I really think that we're going to see that he does love Mira, but that he owes his heart to Sora. I mean, you can't. it it would almost be like a transference of emotion and I think that's what he's been doing with his relationships on the show is kind of just you know allowing himself physically and emotionally to have uh, feelings for them but it not being true passion deep love I don't think that he would go to the bittersweet end of what Crixus has done and what he did in season one where he's searching for his wife searching for his wife trying to fight for her honor I don't think he would do that for Mira not quite yet they're still kind of new it's like you know, new love.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. But speaking of Crixus, uh, let's. Do you want to go to yes, his? Yes, let's get. to Okay, it. let's get to him and Navia's relationship, or what? Whatever else is going on. Go ahead. I feel
2: wanna... like that has been like the entire just arc of the entire show this this season. Don't you think?
1: It feels like it's so far. It
2: feels like it feels like they have given so much attention and made Crixus the main storyline with his relationship with Nivea. We see that he is controlling his his gladiator army and helping making sure that they all assist him in trying to find her and there becomes you know kind of like a di- like what a dis- not a disagreement but like a separation the between clashing. him yeah and, 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 and the, the followers of Spartacus
1: yes and uh, then when they find out that you know right in the beginning of the episode they sack that one uh, that trade route and they take out those slaves that one guy whatever the slaver he says to Agron, something we don't know what it is yet right. but he says something he gives up some intelligence and Agron and Tiberius they'd say that Navia is dead
2: right and that cool. was my, my afterbirth prediction came true because I was predicting during that episode I was like she's not dead she's not dead I just know it Yeah. and this is the first time you even pointed out this is the first time we've ever seen Crixis be so vulnerable and go mad like yes. he lost his mind
1: yeah he, he was really hurt and this is the first time we've seen him this emotional since when he first lost her in season one but now it was even worse because he was out there trying right. to right. get her and with the hope of her still being alive and he just broke down in front of all the men in in front of the Gauls, in front of the other Rebels, and he was just a broken man.
2: I think I was going to cry a few times on this episode. And you got a little water eyed. A little bit, I guess. <laughs> just, I
1: guess you caught me.
2: <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Sean is pretty tough, guys. But, um, in the middle of the scene when we see him, like, it was one of those, like, why? Yeah. Like, one of those, you know, dramatic moments and people were having, you know, all his gladiator homies are having to hold him down because he just is, he's losing it. But that was, like, a very touching scene for me. But, when we find out that she really was alive
1: yeah that agron withheld information and then the shed excuse me the stuff really hits the fan right there
2: (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're gonna say oh
1: i've been living in the spartacus world everybody's cursing here and there with with their poetic cursing good stuff
2: but what do we see we saw that tiberius who had who who had um, teamed up with agron to keep this secret they were doing that for their own selfishness because they didn't want to try to find nivea
1: yeah, and I think it's because Tiberius, he's he's going along with Agron, views him as like this this role model we're gonna Is find out. Is that what it was? He we're was gonna, looking we're, up to him. He was looking up to him, but we're gonna find out something else about that in a little bit when we talk about Agron. But uh, he he's just going along with him because he views it as the greater good. Agron convinced him, and it's the name of this episode, the greater the good. Greater good. The greater good in Agron's perspective was to sacrifice Navia, not to waste time going after her, so that everybody else, including Crixus and his calls, which are half of the forces, can go ahead and and focus on destroying the Romans and, and gathering the other slaves and making a bigger rebellion.
2: But what, what I thought was interesting and which I thought was a, a crucial moment was when Spartacus shows his allegiance towards Cric- to Crixus and his cause. When we find out that the truth is that well, Tiberius admits this, and why does Tiberius admit this? What is, what does Crixus do that makes oh, Tiberius man. give the information?
1: Well, he started helping him, and he actually felt uh, he actually felt really guilty when Crixus started helping him. And I forget what was it that Crixus said exactly. Do you remember? Yes,
2: I actually I actually um, wrote it down. Crixus was Crixus came to Tiberius and said, "You know what? I don't trust um, Syrians. Syrians. Am I Syrians. saying so I don't trust Syrians. Yes. And." The reason that I don't trust them is because of a previous relationship that I had with the Syrian, oh, yeah. referring to Asher. That's right. And so he says, but Nivea, well, he refers to her as his woman, wouldn't hold that against you, so therefore I'm not going to either. Like, he was just being amazing this entire episode. because powerful. Was being bigger than his usual self and just more humble and kind. And in that moment, he goes to shake Tiberius's hand. Yes. That's what made him give up the information. Yes, he did.
1: And he felt so guilty. He was feeling it those first you know several minutes of the episode and then boom he gave it up and of course Crixus goes he goes wild and he goes after Agron
2: right and he deserved he deserved every single bit of it I was and but what kills me is when he has the odd that when when Spartacus stood up to him and hits him in the face um hits Agron in the face mm-hmm. and he says those words wouldn't have come from your lips if it was about your brother that's right like, that's it. Sorry, I gave up another great quote. Okay, that, <laughs> like that was that, one of your that quotes. Was, yeah, that was one of my. I, like, that's so true. You're selfish until it has to deal with you.
1: That's right. When it becomes personal, when it's your family right. or your loved one, then of course.
2: So we see them go to the mines fighting for Crixis and um Nivea's relationship and what happens in the mines oh cr- yay your after prediction because we were saying that we, found that, Navy, that we were going to yeah, find Nivea yeah, the entire right. time we were like we're going to find Nivea we're going to find her and this episode we found her
1: we found her and she's got like PTSD post-traumatic stress syndrome, <laughs> because she's been there she's like you said earlier <laughs> right. she's probably malnourished exactly and uh, she was just scared she's probably been manhandled by so many other oh, disgusting gosh. guards and like just maybe other slaves who wanted to abuse her sexually or physically whatever. And finally, she's reunited with her love, Crixus.
2: That was a touching moment. But in that moment, as soon as we get happy, because honestly, you guys, I really did in the moment when Navia and Crixus were reunited. I I, I teared up. I did. Because I want him to—I have been—I love the relationship, and I always say I love love. And the fact that he found her made it all worth it. But of course— asher
1: <laughs> he ruins the moment
2: oh, if i can oh, get my hands guy. on him i think with
1: that, that serpent smile of I his i think that
2: if i saw him really in real life like in the streets i may have a problem with him Like, there may be beef between me and him. And I know that Asher is just a character, (laughs) but it's one of those situations where I think I'd be one of those people that go up to him and actually say, look, why did you do this? And he would be like, wait, 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 that was just, I'm acting. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be one of those situations. You know
1: what? Then he did his job. He
2: did his job. Yes, exactly. But I'm just happy that they were able to be reunited and, and she's safe and she's out of harm's way. But... What does he do? What does Crixus do for Navia? For Uh, true love!
1: He he went ahead and he gave her over to Spartacus, and he sacrificed himself to stay and fight the Romans and Asher to let her be free.
2: It's a repetitive pattern, though. (laughs) Yes. I feel like you free one, then one gets captured. You free another, then another gets captured. It's a cycle, but of course they have to do this in order for us to keep the show going. But I'm like, oh, Spartacus, why couldn't you have fought with him so that he didn't get captured?
1: Well, of course, he needed Spartacus to go ahead because Spartacus is the leader. You know, Crixus and him, they're both pretty equal. But Spartacus is just a little bit above Crixus in leading the entire rebellion.
2: But, like, wouldn't he have not been captured, though, if Spartacus closed the cage and told them to run? Or you think that, like, Nivea wouldn't have left if if that like, he closed the cage on her? I
1: think there just would have been so many Romans coming in. Like, you don't know how many there were behind Asher and... Uh, like like how big it was how big the force was I I really didn't have any idea but that's probably what he was thinking and he wanted to respect Crixus's wishes because he said take her and get out of here he didn't say take her and stay and fight he said get out of here that's true so do you want to analyze let's see uh, well, while we're still talking about the rebels yeah. do you want to talk about agron and his uh, all right we already talked about crixus and him and how he doesn't like the gauls obviously he always says effing gauls all the time right so here we go with agron a little bit and then what's up with him and tiberius
2: well that was something that we always call her the blonde slave do we get her name yet oh
1: no no uh, tiberius is the he's the syrian slave
2: Right, but the, oh. the blonde slave, the girl. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Her that's, comment, we,
2: we don't know her name. What's her name? Did we, Sh- I, I, should, yeah. I
1: got her name as Siobhan. We hope that or it's Shav- Siobhan. Chevron, something okay. like that. Okay,
2: so we're taking a, a guess, because they don't really talk too much about her. They don't, I mean, we don't have too much information and background. She just kind of pops if, up.
1: Yeah, they've said every, her name one time. Yeah, that I so can, we call her
2: the blonde slave. The blonde slave. But she was under the influence that there was something going on with Agron and Tiberius.
1: Yes, and at first, I thought it was like he viewed him as a bigger brother, and they're joking around, you know, and they have this mutual relationship respect for each other now and when he when they both liberated that trade cart for the slaves in the beginning mm-hmm. he's he said something that was like some kind of gay joke he was like oh, i'll <laughs> your back offering your back to the gods right. something like that and then here we find out later on that tiberius favors agron and right. not in a brotherly way
2: Wait, and then and then the blonde slave was saying you know i'm jealous that he that agron favors you or that he has affection towards you and tiberius didn't deny it he didn't say no i'm not in love with him or anything like that he kind of just kept his mouth shut that's right but we see them part ways though when tiberius um reveals the information about uh navia being alive like they're not friends anymore they're One of them is probably going to kill the other as soon as they find each other.
1: That's right. Yes, very good point. So Agron he goes off to Vesuvius, and uh, and then Tiberius goes off with the slaves to go to the mines to go to to pretend to be slaves, right? And go ahead and fool their way in to save Navia. So
2: and they had if if Glaber didn't have such an ego and have animosity. He would not have probably took the chance to send the Romans to go to the, to the to the mines, but he decided this one time to listen to Asher.
1: That's right, and perfect segue right there. So. Another relationship pops up with Globber versus Verinius. Yeah, we finally found the name of the character
2: to us. We've seen him one time, but who really is he?
1: That's right. So, and now we've talked about him before. We didn't know his name, and I think his name's Verinius. What did you think his name was?
2: I I thought that it was like Torinius or something. I didn't quite hear it right. Or Lavidius. I I I I was like, I heard it. I guess a couple different names, but I think that you're right about Verinius.
1: Yes, (laughs) and we don't have the subtitles on. No, (laughs) we're not reading the script. So, anyway, we're just guessing. It's Verinius. I think with a V. So anyway, Glauber and Verinius, he hates him. Verinius favors Alithia. Glauber says, I can't believe you put your hand you let him put your hands on right. you. Stuff like that. So he sent his men off so that he could just piss off Verinius in the arena.
2: But what I and I don't want to do an after best prediction, but I can't help it. Um, I think that Alithia does have feelings for Verinius. I think something's okay. going to happen because her relationship with Glaber is slowly dwindling. Uh, he's not right. hes not giving her affection. He's not giving her love. And she's pregnant. And you know when women are pregnant, I heard that's when they're at their horniest. So their hormones th- are raging. Their hormones are raging. She wants some good loving. You know, she's worried that he probably doesn't think she's sexy anymore. And he's in a position of power. You know, she's hot and heavy. And her own man isn't giving her affection. And that's not spicy. Yeah, that's Because right. that cause is, that's grounds for cheating.
1: Yeah, and she does mention that... Uh, after so many years, the passion in her life with uh, Glober has eroded and it is not this fire that it once was. Right.
2: After several years, uh or, lust or something like depletes or something. She said she said something like about the less with it. She had tried to give uh, Scipia kind of like a lesson on love. Yeah, something like that. And,
1: uh, now that's, and that was really well demonstrated when they were trying to make love and she unveiled her beautiful breasts once again. <laughs> <laughs> and they were about to do it. And we finally get to see her and Globber for the first time. Well, they they actually did a little bit in one of the first, ep- I think it was the first episode we of the first seen, season, but we haven't seen Globber and her together since And we since haven't
2: seen then. Globber nude yet. This is the first time we got to see Globber nude.
1: Yes, I think this is the first time we saw his <laughs>
2: booty. <laughs> that was pointed out. We were like, wait, oh, okay, finally we get to see him naked because yes. everybody has to strip down on this show. And this is the first time that he's been nude to us. So, yep he's in there he's a part of the team
1: there we go and then he says "Mind strays from task oh oh ouch what kind of excuse is that he's using work
2: as an excuse no no
1: he said task at hand as in him making love to his wife is a task
2: ouch but he was saying because there's other things on his mind Yes. yes exactly like talking about having to find Spartacus
1: yeah I know, but how, how bad would you feel if your, if your husband and or boyfriend And that's responded, said,
2: Tass? This yes, is like, work tass, for you? Ouch. Yes. Yeah, that was... Really painful. That was kind of an
1: insult. I would not say that to Alithia if I was in his place.
2: <laughs> because she is deceitful, she is evil, she is Asher in a woman's body.
1: Yeah, you could say that. That would be a good way to describe her. So, uh, we had Glober and Varinius. We kind of touched on Globber and Alithia a little bit. Uh, do you want to go to... Okay, we already talked about Agron and Tiberius. Crixus and Tiberius. Okay, we we touched on them yeah, a little no, bit. Yeah, no, I think yeah, the, I think we, we covered
2: the relationships yeah. part. But let's go let's go into how they got since we're on like amazing bodies and booties and workouts. Can mm-hmm. we go into like how they got these gladiator fit bodies cuz ah. I know a lot of people want to know because I'm about to start working out, what can we do to get into gladiator shape? Every day you give us kind of like a little tip on, you know, the gladiator workout plan.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to give out uh, one or two exercises right now for those of you who want to get into gladiator shape, want to look like the people on Spartacus. So uh, one of these workouts that I actually did, and this was featured oh. on, yes, thank you. I did this yesterday, and uh, this was featured on the uh, Spartacus Vengeance Men Men's Health Uh, So if you type in, you know, go to Google, you know, type in Spartacus Vengeance, Men's Health Workout, something like that, you will discover uh, this, like, two, two and a half minute video showing the cast of Spartacus working out. It features Mira, Liam McIntyre, and... um, uh, the the actor that plays Agron, all, you know, among the other ones, uh, the Gauls, they're all working out together as a team. This is the exercise that I took from it and I'm going to share with you guys tonight. So this involves this huge, thick rope. It's probably about this big. What, what is this for people who are listening? I would say about the thickness of a softball. Maybe yeah, that's that's how thick this rope is. And it's it's pretty long. It goes around so you can uh, it goes lengthwise. Maybe I want to say maybe like 18 feet. It's pretty long. Oh, it's wow. 18 feet divided in half. So anyway, you grab these ropes with two hands and you go ahead and stand as steady as you can and maybe like squat a little bit and you throw it up in the air as high as you can. Oh, wow. And then you throw it down. And then you can do variations on it, too. You can go ahead and switch. You can switch arms oh, alternating. I can only imagine
2: how sore your arms
1: are. So it looks like you're doing waves, pretty much. And I feel, I feel like I'm Dr. Octopus when I'm out there, because I got, like, these extensions on my arms, and I got really long <laughs> are tentacles Are you sore now from me. having done that? I'm, I wish I could have done it a little bit more. I'm not too sore, but I do feel it. However, at times, I do feel like I'm even sore two days after, as opposed to just the day after.
2: What's crazy is that I love that this show takes responsibility for the fighting scenes, And the characters, like their like their physical bodies, because majority of the time when you see shows that are on you know networks, we know that they work out. They're actors; they have to keep in great shape. But never is it like the show is making you guys work out as a team and you know follow a structured plan. Like we see all of the gladiators working out together.
1: That's right. They do all these team building circuit training exercises. They they fight and spra- uh, they spar with each other, just right. like they do, did when they were in the Lutus on the show. They still do all that stuff.
2: They're not at twenty four hour fitness, like on the bicycle. Oh, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking, pretty sure they're, they're taking this job
1: seriously. I bet you over there where they film, you know, in in uh, Auckland, New Zealand, they go ahead and they just have their own training room there. I'm, it, from the video that I saw on Men's Health, it looked huge. It looked like like bigger than the size of a house, kind of training oh, wow. room. It was pretty big. So, uh, another exercise that I haven't done yet, but I really want to do this, is it's called a T push-up.
2: Oh, have you heard
1: of that? Yeah, I have. Okay, so if you're familiar with it, would you like to share?
2: No, go ahead. I um, mean, you explained it to me. That's why I'd heard of it. Okay. Oh, really? I <laughs> you thought you exp- said you did. No, it yourself you explained earlier. it. to me. Well, you said that it's a push-up with the weights, right? Yes. Okay. So you have two weights in your hand, and you do a push-up, but then you lift your right arm up so that it's what uh, perpendicular to your body. Uh,
1: I would say... Uh, I think that's a uh, decent way to describe it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not as good as the physical descriptions as you are, Sean, but that's in my mind like how yeah. I envision it. Like I'm making, yeah, like I'm lifting my arm up and then you switch arms and then you lift the next one yeah. up, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, yeah. I've done that workout in boot yeah. camp before.
1: Okay, good. So that's, and that's what they do. They do like a gladiator boot camp.
2: But I've never, so. I didn't know the name of it. I didn't know it was like a call a T push up. I think
1: it's called a T push up. That's what I've had referred, uh, heard it referred to as. And this one is actually, uh, I don't know if this is what they do in the, the gladiator boot camp for the spartacus cast but i've heard this is a spartacus inspired type of workout oh, that i've heard other so people you know inspiring on inspiring workouts yes exactly and uh, this this one guy said it's a t push-up and and the way i look at it as it's like he turns sideways and his body looks like a t slanted on the ground that's kind of like what he's doing okay or what anybody's doing <laughs> so it's it's pretty interesting workout you, you guys can look it up maybe um uh, maybe I'll demonstrate it later on if yeah, we have time. Yeah, I would
2: love to see that. If we have time, you have to show exactly what it is because I don't know if my description was that good, but <laughs> it, it, it all played out well in my yeah. mind. Though I've done it before.
1: And the diet. Okay, so t- not too much. That very sparse details on the diet. I don't think they want to give away too much for the show's uh, for the I shows, I bet you they're not diet. doing
2: carbs. I don't know. Uh, they, in they order to might- get those bodies, that means probably no sugar, no bread. Maybe like a little bit, maybe like brown rice but i seriously doubt that they're over there eating like bonbons and like you know churros so <laughs>
1: i doubt yeah, I that as well but what i feel that um that what stood out to me the most is every every uh interview that liam mcintyre goes on that he they say what kind of diet do you have you know or he mentions it he says i pretty much ate all the chickens in new zealand <laughs> <laughs> so he's just out there eating a bunch of chickens. Well, when I'm
2: on my diet, which I always am on a different diet every week trying one, I always do chicken. That always seems to be, like, the main source of protein for me in addition to, like, protein shakes. So I'm sure they're doing, like, something similar to that. You know, not, like, probably heavy fatty meats. But we'll actually research that and try to see if there's anything else out there that we can find on that.
1: Yes, exactly. So, um uh What's uh, what's next on the agenda? We did have, you have anything?
2: Okay, so quotes. Do you want to go to uh, Spartacus facts and quotes? Yes. Because you had some good information as far as like the history is concerned on um, Spartacus.
1: That's right. Okay, let's go to quotes. Let's do something a little fun now. Okay, so quotes, okay. things that we liked. What was your favorite quote? Do you have a particular favorite quote okay, or a Okay, so bunch my, of
2: my favorite was with Alithia. Although I can't stand her, I did appreciate when she said, less of all things fades with the passing of the years. And we had mentioned that earlier because I feel like a lot of times relationships Relationships can be uh, so-called love at first sight. But really, that is lust. That's superficial. And majority of the time, that's not what matters most or what's going to sustain. So although I hate Alythia's character
1: <laughs> you feel she, bad
2: I, yeah i know she said something amazing today because that is true and i know that she is going to use that as her excuse to be deceitful towards her husband but at the same time she had a great point when somebody doesn't want you and it's not like she hasn't slept um or cheated on her husband before so it's an accident um, though <laughs> not on accident. She wanted to sleep with somebody oh, yeah, else. That's Remember, right?
1: That is right. Yeah, yes.
2: she was totally yeah. And I'm not saying it. that she's you know easy. I'm just saying she has needs, and if they're not fulfilled, she will do what she has to do to fulfill them. But um, I thought that that was a great quote, though, because as long as you have true love, you, the relationship can always sustain itself. But lest that dies. That's true. So that was one of my favorites. What do you, what do you have?
1: Well, the, the one that I got, I got a few that were pretty good. Uh, We already discussed one of them. What does a serpent know of love? Which Andrea said, and what Asher retorted was very clever that its bite is often fatal. <laughs> Very good. Yes. And uh, I got a good one. Who? Oh, this one was good and spoken from Spartacus's mouth. If a single life holds no value, then none are of worth.
2: That was good. I love that one, too.
1: That was pretty powerful and something good to spur his rebellion back into action to get people behind him and Crixus after that little spat him and Agron had. And mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Oh, I had another one. Ah, uh, this one was uh, a little bit b- before the whole serpent thing a <laughs> uh, place ear to marble and hear the whispers of the past. And that's when Asher was referring to uh, the secrets that the house of Batiatas holds.
2: Yes, and that's and I knew when they had said that 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 means like something something vindictive was about to happen. A
1: corpse was about to be dug out of right. the closet. Can
2: I tell you what I thought was the meanest quote of the episode? Go ahead. That it was I mean it's extremely spicy because it let us know what uh Alithia's father really felt about Glabber because he's always being taunted and no he lost respect this season mm-hmm. um which he's about to earn back because of he, him capturing Crixis. but when but he but everybody on the show looks for validation from somebody else and glabber turned to aletheia's father and he asked do i not stand his equal and he was referring to um what's the gentleman's name uh, that we keep fighting about Um, and do you know what his response was the father's response he said uh i think of you as an incompetent child who can't wipe the shit off of his own ass like who says that that's hey, just Chihuahua. me. That was, I felt well, that hurt my feelings, and it wasn't even me that he was saying it to. <laughs> but that just lets you know right there that the father doesn't have any respect for Glaber.
1: No, he doesn't.
2: And so. Because he doesn't feel like he has any respect, of course he's going to take that out on Alithia, his own wife and lover. Because he is in a position of power, he. But there's oh, tons of people above him. When you have, when you don't, when you can't punish yourself and you can't punish the people above you, take it out on the people under you. And yeah. so that's why he's taking it out, I think, on Alithia as well. And he doesn't want anything to do with her because he doesn't feel respected by society.
1: Yeah, you're right. And this that reminds me of the thing that we always learned in psychology class in school, which is the the, the father gets mad at his boss. He goes home. He, he he slaps his wife, yes. and the wife spanks the child. The child goes ahead and kicks the dog. Exactly. So everything the crap just rolls downhill.
2: Exactly. So you take it on everybody else. But I think that those I think that those were the quotes that stood out to us the most.
1: And I had a couple of quick ones. Oh, you have some something, great something. So no, these aren't great. These are just quick ones. Oh. The ones <laughs> that I always
2: that I always hear, and
1: I love this one. And I actually want to say this sometimes in life. Well received. I just, well
2: received. Yes.
1: He comes into my order, house. He's well received.
2: Or when they, or when they get instructions and they understand it, they'll say well received. Yes. Or someone pays him a compliment. Um, oh, well, well received. received. So we should start saying that. We should a little bit when we come when in. When I tell you, you look nice, well received. Ah, it is well received. <laughs> spicy, thank you. Tis. Tis tis welcome. What would I say to that?
1: (laughs) Oh, and and I like this quote, too. Please turn down your sets a little bit. A little bit of cussing. (sighs) Fucking Syrians.
2: Okay. I don't know about you guys at home. Yeah, that's always a good one. But I have to stop, Sean, while we're watching the show and say, okay, I heard it, but I don't know what was just said. Sometimes I don't understand the dialogue going on because of, like, the ancient, you know... Poetic. It is poetic. I almost should have, like, studied... um, like what Roman dialogue in order to understand this because sometimes I get a little lost so I'm like stopping and I'm like okay pause what did he just say and you have to like break it down to me sometimes and this is all Stephen
1: S. Denite's doing and I'm I'm following him on Twitter so if you guys want to search for him Stephen S. Denite um, I'm not quite sure what his exact uh, at thing on Twitter is what do, you, what do you call it again the at thing at and what his, and his, at, sign, is? Yeah. his, his at sign Yeah, his at sign okay I don't know his exact at sign but you can look him up Steven common spelling S-T-E-V-E n uh s d night d e and then night like a night that saves the day so Stephen s tonight you guys can follow him he has some some juicy stuff that he spurts out every now and then they tweets
2: cool beans well we want to get into history but before we get into history don't we want to go to commercial
1: yes let's go ahead and do that okay after Buzz TV. Hi,
0: oh, we're doing good today. I was once yeah, like you, to, oh, a lazy, time. angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co workers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about?
2: And we are back. Okay. So- well
1: received and yes. spicy.
2: <laughs> Wait, what did I say that I was going to say? Uh, tis. Tis thankful, thank you. Or tis welcome. Okay, very well. <laughs> so we so we have Sean who is the historical guru over here and who knows all history Spartacus. Ah. So he's gonna give us a history lesson really quick for those of you who love Spartacus but don't understand like the necessary background about it in order to understand like, you know, the the like um what would it be like the geographical information the, geographics,
1: the historical battles yeah
2: like all that is super interesting but none of us sometimes research it so dish it out
1: so here we go alright so a uh, little bit About Thrace. Okay, so we know there's only one character so far that is from Thrace, that is Spartacus. Correct. Okay, so Spartacus is a Thracian, and Thrace is an area that's supposed to be ancient Bulgaria, where Bulgaria is now, a little bit of Greece, kind of the eastern side, and a little bit of Turkey, kind of the northern part of Turkey. Okay, so I don't know if you're familiar with that, Spicy. You probably need to see it on a map, because I I did. I know, me,
2: yeah, I definitely do. I I almost did not pass geography when I was a child. When I was in middle school, they almost didn't pass me. And then I cheated. Oh my! God. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, but I got through. Okay. With, with me, I was I, <laughs> I had was to pull actu- an Asher move.
1: Oh, you did. Yeah. you. <laughs> I actually was pretty good at geography. I, you know, of course, I don't remember where every country is. You know, I know where Greece is. You know, a friend of mine, uh, former roommate, he's from Greece. He's from the island of Cyprus, which oh, is nice. kind of contested between Greece and Turkey right now. And, uh, actually regarding back to Spartacus regarding, uh, where he's from Thrace. So Thrace is actually pretty far away from where the Gauls are supposed to be, you know, like not too far, but there's some countries in between, which probably makes for why they hate each other so much. Mm -hmm. And also why the Germans hate the Gauls so much because they're actually right next door to them and usually you know countries that are right next door to each other like like Germany and France you know World War II and such you know they they have this animosity towards each other so there it goes with the Gauls, and the Germans.
2: So that explains the prejudice going on within the show.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: And we see, you know what, they what I like is that they address it. They make reference to it all the time. So we're kind of like learning history while we watch the show as well. Because a lot of the stuff I was like, oh, well, this is fictional. You know, how did they make up this information? But then the more that I research, I'm like, wow, all of this is true. This is all based on true history.
1: Yeah, it's all based on it. And Stephen S. Knight, you know, in some interviews, he's actually said that you can actually read through almost all of Spartacus's history like the books that are out there you know mm-hmm. they go off on their own tangents and such right but if they you make wanna, up some
2: yeah for juicy yeah. you know stars appeal <laughs> yeah because there's not
1: many records of what actually happened so you could really read the breadth of it in an hour that's how little there is on the actual stuff, the actual records of the dry statistics and battles that happened with Spartacus's uprising and rebellion. Oh,
2: wow. So they just fill in the blanks with imagination.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's he's a creative, entertaining, entertaining writer, and now we have this awesome show because of that. Oh, which we thank love. Thank you. It's back. Stephen and Estenite, thank you very much. And Good then, sir. Okay,
2: so you know how I always kind of bash, um, or not bash, but uh, have been kind of critical about Liam McIntyre because he's, you know, replaced the previous Spartacus role, Um He's doing better. Yes, I feel like they gave him more more camera time this episode, and we actually got to hear more dialogue, him speak more, him lead his people more, and I feel like he's kind of stepping up to the plate. They're still not showing us so much of his body and his muscles. He looked better this time, I must admit. So you okay? So you see, you're gradually seeing an improvement in his physicality. Okay. I think he looked better. They uh,
1: disrobed him, and I remember when they were having that scene with all the re- uh, rebels taking off their loincloths. So yes, was Yes, like, and I love that scene. And, and you enjoyed it. I was
2: like, what the heck is going on here? What are these all guys doing? All men are standing around wearing, right, like you said, their claws around their yes. waist. And I'm like, I really was lost as to what all these men could possibly be doing with be just being naked all in front of each other. But it was in preparation to pretend as if they were slaves again. That's right. So they but it was a hot scene. Like, every single actor <laughs> this time was naked in one room, every single man. Yeah, And right. can I just say that I feel like the cast is becoming more ethnically diverse as far as the slaves are concerned? Yes. I know I know that it, I noticed as well. <laughs> I noticed it was more culturally diverse this time.
1: Yes, I, I agree with you. There were a lot more African-looking slaves there and normally it was just Animaeus who who is the only one you among right, them. Right, that was
2: the first one that we ever saw and now we're starting to see I think I saw at least at probably seven different um, the ethnicities this time that I was noticing that I was like, okay, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. Um, but I love the fact that they're doing that though. And I don't know if that was like on purpose or if they just felt, you know, for realism, but I love it because I always love diversity on television.
1: I, I think you're right. Uh, it's probably for realism and I'm sure it's for, you know, to make the show better. And also it seems to me like when they do have more diversity, that means there's like, oh, their numbers are growing, you know? Yes. That's probably what they're trying it's to strategic, achieve. Yes, with yeah, so the writers and such. are trying to achieve that on the show. So actually, um, uh, another little tidbit about history. How large do you think Spartacus' army gets?
2: Uh, blah, 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 blah. Right now it's small. Okay. So I'm going to say that it grows, obviously, for that question. Okay. I love the movie 300. I'm going to guess 300. Okay. <laughs> that is I don't know. Quite I, do, a I don't small know how I guess. related them, but I mean, 300, I mean, that's a small army, but right now he only has like 15.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, it looks like that. We don't know how many are really there because, you know, it's always just in a tight shot on the set. You know, we don't really see. And I, I really want to see it get to this number because this would be pretty impressive. I know or, it's going to be
2: pretty large, whatever you <laughs> tell me. because. I am just guessing 300 it has nothing to do with Spartacus TV show.
1: <laughs> Historically, what they say. Okay, is it got upwards of over a hundred thousand?
2: Ooh, wow, that's
1: huge! But the thing is that a lot of them are non-combatants because they're women and children and slaves that can't fight necessarily really well. They're not as trained as the gladiators.
2: So, oh, so they, that's including children and yes. women yes. and uh, midgets and everything, everything else. So, everything yeah. like yeah. that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, the midgets too. We can't forget about right. The little Everybody people. can fight. Everybody can fight. But I mean, what what makes what makes Spartacus so amazing is that you know the first f- few. People that he brings into his army, he trains himself. You know, of course, eventually, probably when they got to 100,000, it wasn't Spartacus yeah. physically training them anymore. But that's amazing. So that's a real historical fact. See, I exactly. said 300, so that way, whatever you said would be a shock effect.
1: Yes. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you for doing that.
2: It, you know, I set you up.
1: The compliment is well received. <laughs> well received. Tis welcome. So would you like to go to the actor bios now? Yes. Can you
2: tell us about Crixis? Since he seems to be the star of this season, um, give us a little bit of background information on him because he is amazing. Okay. Like so physically. You like him very As an much. actor, I feel like he has mastered his role. I feel like he's a great leader on the show. And I although, feel like he's stealing
1: the show a little bit sometimes.
2: He is. But you know, know. know what that's the writing too because he is uh, the center of their pursuit right now and so that's why we see you know so much animosity from the other characters on the show is because everything is revolving around him finding navia
1: that's right okay so we're gonna run through this let's see um i wish we could dedicate more time but we're running out of time a little bit so let's uh Let's go ahead and talk about yeah, just some, Manu some Bennett. Manu Bennett. Okay, born 1969. So he's 41 years old. Um, 41, 42. I think he's 42. Yes, he's 42 right now. Fabulous shape for this that age. This year. Oh, yeah. He looks like a 25-year-old. We've talked about that right. before. Um, he has two children that I've seen. Darn it. Okay. You're telling and me he's taken? You know what's weird is in some of the pictures, like, I haven't seen a ring. On his finger, unless the the pictures are flipped, so there's still a chance. Maybe, okay. but it seems like I've seen, I've done, so I've looked at his fan page on Facebook, and a lot of them, uh, he's he's without wife in the pictures. I sound now, I sound like I'm being poetic. <laughs> right, he's like the Romans, he's without wife at the moment. No, but uh, he has two kids for sure that I've seen. He looks very happy with them. He loves paddle boarding. Uh, he's uh, participated in paddle for hope and to support breast cancer research. And let's see, he's uh, he's really. If you're interested in paddleboarding any of you guys paddleboarders out there uh his choice of equipment is starboards okay oh that's awesome yes and let's see he also played a character alongside lucy lawless before which
2: i had when i found that out i was yeah, yeah because i looked him up because of course i'm obsessed with him but um i thought that that was so cool i was like oh this is a second opportunity to work with lucy
1: yeah and he played a roman back then when he was with Xena, Warrior Princess, on the show. And I he would have played, never
2: guessed that. Yeah, I don't he, remember him from Xena.
1: I, well, I didn't really... I watched it a little bit. I liked Hercules a lot more, of course, because I identified oh, with I the, males, loved, the strong male he, character. I
2: loved Hercules, but I was, like, obsessed with Xena, Warrior Princess.
1: Yeah, and, and of course... Oh, man, I actually, I have to confess, I did think she was rather sexy. Yes. I liked her very much, and I always felt like her and Gabrielle almost had a little lesbian thing You going. think so? Almost. It's, it seemed kind of sisterly, but then at times it would be
2: like... Well, they just, turned um, Gabrielle kiss, into a lesbian kiss, kiss. on the show. They did? Yeah. I did not yeah. recall that. I've um, never watched it as well and as you the did. Next, yeah, I was a, a huge, huge follower. The following season, um, they turned her into a lesbian. No way. Yes. So she had like a girlfriend. She had a fling and everything. Oh, man,
1: I need to brush up on that yes. then. <laughs> so, back in 2000 uh, he was actually credited as john benet on the show not manu benet or benet whatever it is yeah he, his, his full name is actually john or jonathan manu oh, okay. benet oh okay and obviously manu is more unique so he's using that now
2: so mention also don't forget what does he have in common with some other characters on the show in order for his physical fitness that he grew up doing uh uh, oh ballet! <laughs> there you go. We okay, for about those that. of you at home that can't see, I just lifted my arms up in like a nice like ballet position, um, first position. For those of you who know ballet, I trained ballet when I was younger too. So um, well so, experienced, yes. So Bennett has ballet experience as well.
1: Yes, he did. He almost, uh, or I think he did. I think he earned a scholarship to be able to travel for a ballet school, uh, but I'd, well, obviously he so didn't pursue see, like, that.
2: Beefy, hunky, and he did ballet. I feel like some of the greatest athletes and entertainers have done ballet at some They're, point it's supposed to be trying. the best physical fitness and for like balance and everything and agility and
1: you lift women above your head for a guy oh come on man that's a lot that's a big can you workout. imagine him
2: in some like tights and like a tutu i can't <laughs> but actually <laughs> i, see, I have seen that
1: i saw a picture of him dressed up as the black uh what was it black, black swan. swan did you see that picture
2: no i saw
1: him dressed up as black swan while he was paddleboarding
2: oh that's hilarious pretty
1: funny Funny that stuff. That's hilarious.
2: Well, so, he has that similar quality yeah. um, with the like experience in physical fitness and everything, but also the ballet training with Katrina Law.
1: Yes, that's right. And, she has that. And, and we segue now yes, into Katrina, Katrina
2: Law. Law. Katrina Law, as you know, is Mira, the beautiful Mira who is Spartacus's lover on the show this season, and she's one of the characters that is not from Australia like the rest of the characters. Where is she from? She is from Philadelphia. She was born oh. in Philadelphia she's an American and she became girl. Yeah, she became a South Jersey girl. So, I thought that was pretty interesting because she too has to take on the persona of them, of this, you know, gladiator tribe and learn, um, you know, the etiquette and the dialogue just like they do. But it's a little bit easier for them because they already have an accent. So, can you imagine, like, if she does have a Jersey accent, we need to hear her actually speak. But what if she has, like, a Jersey Shore accent and now has to speak like a gladiator? (laughs) But she does it very well. She took on their accent very well. Hey, guys,
1: you have, uh, uh, we got to go to. Predictions. Right oh, that's what i You guys are giving okay. a lot of good information, Sorry. Buzz. Hey, that's, Sorry. Not,
2: that's not Phil over
1: there. That's <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> All right, moving on.
2: <laughs> Ronnie, thank you for letting us know. Okay, predictions. Sorry, we can and talk now, about them forever. <laughs> You're after Buzz <laughs> TV.
1: Predictions.
2: Woo! so for those of you huge fans, you will find out more about Katrina Law next After Buzz episode for Spartacus. That's right. But let's do predictions. So I mentioned earlier that I think that Alithia is going to have an affair um, with Veronius. 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 Okay. Yes. I can't say ding ding for nothing. We're gonna we're gonna fight about that. Okay. That's a good <laughs> prediction. But I think that she's gonna have an affair and um, I'm wondering too because of her promiscuity if the baby is actually glabbers Uh-oh. I wonder if we're gonna find out that the baby is not glabbers
1: what if it's Spartacus's baby
2: yeah I'm wondering no. I, I thought about that as well so that is kind of a prediction that I want to just kind of throw out there tweet at us let us know if you guys are thinking the same thing tweet at us at afterbuzz TV and let us know what you guys are kind of thinking about that love affair going on wait well, well, you got any further for us I think I
1: still want to see Ganicus come in within the next episode or two.
2: Ganagos. I think he's going to get his ass beat by Animaeus.
1: He will. That's what's going to happen. And additionally, I expect Crixus to be beaten as well because he's captured now, as we know. And this whole thing right now, it feels like a chess game to me. Yes. They're capturing pieces. Like little pawns. And important pieces, too, because we got Animaeus, who's like the bishop, and then we got Crixus, who's like a queen, practically. And... We're capturing these powerful pieces and they're going to be tortured And
2: I feel so sad for them because they're all returning back to the house of Bariatis. And it is so sad they escaped and now they're all returning back. Yes. So hopefully we don't see Spartacus captured next episode. I will die. <laughs> but that is the end of our show, folks. Thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV, Spartacus. You guys can tweet up uh, at,
1: excuse me, tweet at us at AfterBuzz TV or me at the Sean Overman.
2: Overman, not Underman, y'all, <laughs> as I like to call him. But also myself at Spicy Underscore Madi. And that concludes our show. Tune in every Friday 8 p.m. for the uh After Buzz TV Spartacus show